The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. So the only thing left to say is, you in? Order now on the McDonald's app and you can get reward points delivered too, so that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants, 18 plus, rewards registration required, points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with three for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. Beyond the pitch, beyond the results, we're here to connect fans, getting them to embrace the highs and lows of supporting your club because we're not just fans, we're a team. With two in three football fans having struggled with their mental health, we understand that life off the pitch can present its own challenges. That's why we're committed to ensuring you have the tools to stay connected with your friends and fellow supporters. Take a moment to connect with your mates. A simple text or an open conversation can make a world of difference. And if they don't respond right away, don't hesitate to follow up. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. Hello and welcome to the latest instalment of Talk of the Tune, a football podcast. My name's Will, and as usual, I'm joined by my good mates and co-hosts, Gray and Hodge. How are we doing, lads? Yeah, Reed? All canny. Good. Good. Yeah, that's the small talk done. Do we get straight into Chelsea, begrudgingly? Let's rip that band-aid off. Let's rip the band-aid off. It was an absolute fucking shit show, but what do we expect now? Exact same results and exact same performance as Southampton just different opponent. What are our thoughts? Just so lackadaisical and so just meh. Absolute meh. There's just nothing that gives any inspiration for me to continue watching Newcastle games now. Like, I, I just, I don't even know if I want to continue. <laughs> I mean, apart from the fact yeah. that we run a, uh, I'd like to say, a successful podcast. Uh, <laughs> Allegedly. <laughs> Allegedly. I think you're the only person calling it successful, but that's fine. We enjoy it and that's all that matters. I think on the game itself, we really had no aspirations or hopes going into it, so we couldn't exactly be disappointed, but I still find myself being completely deflated and disappointed after the match. The first two or three minutes, we actually came out, put some balls into the box, we were up in Chelsea's half, and that's pretty much where it ended and we I think I'll say it later on but we sat behind the ball for the rest of the game there was one point at the end of the first half between I've got it written down here between minute 41 and minute 44 we actually played open football and pressed Chelsea when they didn't have any control of the game and we had a a Mm. good three or four minutes of chances and exciting football and that was it three minutes out of 90 was all we had. Yeah, well, Hodge, I think you made a good point in the pre-recording. That video that you sent us on the WhatsApp group that's circulating around Twitter pretty much sums up what we're all about at the minute. We had a throw-in in an attacking position in Chelsea's third, goes back to, I think, one of our centre mids and then back to Darlow. And that's the 86th or 85th minute. We've got big Andy Carroll in the box waiting for it to come in. Uh, no drive, no passion to go out there and get any form of result. We actually have a positive out of that, which was we threw the ball to one of our players, where normally we throw the ball into the pit <laughs> and it goes yeah. nowhere near one of our players, over his head, or they try and flick it onto someone who's not even there. We just lose possession, yeah. Gray, what were you going to say? Uh, I was just going to say, at least uh, we we kind of we brought our best player of the season so far into play uh, in Carl Darlow, but it's a shame that uh, <laughs> he happens to be our goalkeeper. <laughs> 
Well, yeah, he, he was probably the, the only player that made a good show of himself, apart from maybe Miggy, who came on, I think, in the 65th minute. And or maybe yeah, sixty fifth minute and had a good twenty five minutes. But if anything, that's just a, a two fingers to Stevie Bruce. I think fitness may have been a play, but you know, there's all this kind of politics going around with Miggy's agent at the minute, and then Stevie Bruce calling him a two bob amateur, and then I think a Paraguayan journalist came out afterwards and said maybe Steve Bruce is a two bob manager. I know who I'm inclined to believe. Go on, Gray. Yeah, I think uh, one other player who deserves a shout out, although he didn't really set the world alight, is actually Joel Linton. I can't believe I'm saying. It. Considering he's not played in that central role for a while, I thought he he did put a decent shift in. And another player can't not mention Sean Longstaff. I thought he, from what I saw, he looked to have a good game. And obviously that strike, he was unlucky not to score, and he hit the crossbar. Yeah, he did hit the crossbar late on, didn't he? But yeah, for everyone else, I think they were, they were yeah, poor, poor. Don't deserve to make um, shit. Great, you're you're actually, I think, a secret fan of Joe Linton. I think if we went back and made a, a great compilation, I think you've actually been quite complimentary to him in the past. I think he gets a, a lot of stick, and I think a lot of the stick is justified, but a lot of it's also unjustified. He he's a player who is allegedly signed for forty million. There's rumours going around that it was the total deal was for forty million, and that we didn't actually mm. pay forty million flat out for him. So forty million over was it a four year contract? isn't mm. big money for a player these days, especially for a forward. And he's also been playing out of position. You look at where he had his, his best games. Forgive me, I can't remember who he's playing. He played for before, was it Hamburg or someone? Hoffenheim, wasn't Hoffenheim, it? Hoffenheim, I said, he began for Played out, out wide on the left, and you can see that's where he naturally drifts when he's playing uh, in that central role. And his best games for us have been when he's come on in that left, almost wing position. But then we've in my opinion, we've got better players to fill that space uh, who are currently also being played out of position. Let's not yeah. get into that. Yeah, good point. Good point. So we talked about Joe Linton, talked about Longstaff, talked about Darlow. I think Fede Fernandez had a poor game, which is quite rare for him to give him his credit. He was kind of at fault for that first goal, just couldn't get his feet sorted. I say he was at fault. It was his own goal. Of course he was at fault. Couldn't get his feet sorted. Fairly innocuous ball coming into the box maybe other people could have dealt with it but then ends up in the back of our net and then we're immediately heads go down and it's just chasing the chasing the game and then Stevie Bruce trying to kind of save ourselves from a, an absolute drubbing I think if they're finishing it had been any better it, it might have been a different story Timo Werner didn't necessarily seem as if he was playing his, his best game I think he had a few chances that he could have scored maybe he could have had a hat trick by the end of it Hodge were there any other standout performance for you I know you were watching whether that be good or bad anyone that stood out um I think having Mancure in the in the side again is is going to shore a couple of things up. I thought he played okay, wasn't setting the world alight, but was kind of solid. Murphy was horrific. I think his his performances are very much uh, few and far between when he actually wants to turn up. I mean, he had a, one or two games where we thought, oh, because he actually turned the corner, but no, it's just kind of recessed back into what his his normal crack is, which is just inconsistency, which I think just across the whole team at some points, it is just inconsistency. Bruce picked up on it and it's actually one thing that I agree with him. But at the same time, he's the one to try and solve that problem. And what we're now nine games down the line in the Premier season, a, a good manager's sorting that out after at least five but he still doesn't know what he's doing in terms of trying to get the ship back on a true course. Yeah, looks like we're going to find ourselves going into a bit of a pit. I think um, that's two 2-0 losses on the bounce, and then we've got Palace coming up. We'll speak to Chris from Back of the Nest podcast a bit later on, get his thoughts, but it's a really important game for us, but I can't really necessarily see it go our way. Great, did you have a point? In terms of Bruce, I think a lot of managers by now would have at least fixed one problem. I think we've got, well... 
we've clearly got two big problems. One is we're shipping far too many goals, and the second is we're not scoring enough goals. So, <laughs> pretty fundamental uh, problems. Yeah, in order to win a match, you have to do one of them well. And it doesn't matter which one you do well, you have to do one of them well. The other one has to be done okay. <laughs> uh, and in my opinion, I think that's what Rafa did really well. Although the goals weren't always there, he had that defence. That was a tightly run ship that they were not shipping goals, or very, very rarely shipping goals. And it just so happens that Brucey has got neither nailed down. I want to just shine some facts onto that. It's something that we put on Twitter as well. So, yeah, go say going forward, we've had 72 shots. This was, sorry, before the Chelsea game. We had 72 yeah. shots on target with 21. That's 29% shots are actually on target, which is ridiculous. In terms of defending, we're number one in the league with saves. 41 saves made. Clearances are 199, so we're definitely under the cosh. We're number one in the league for that. Blocks, 45, number one in the league for that. Clean sheets, number 19 in the league with... One, it's just absolute (laughs) soul-sucking stats. Like, it's ridiculous. It's just, it's dreadful because if you're going to invite pressure like Brucey does, you need to know that you're going to be able to deal with it. But those stats do not tell you that story. And you need to be clinical on the counter. Exactly. So we're, we're inviting pressure. We're letting them kind of attack, attack, attack. And they're scoring goals. The plan's not fucking working. And when we do get a slither of an opportunity, it's almost instantaneous that we give away possession and we find ourselves defending again, sitting deep, inviting them to, to come and attack us. And then, yeah, well, it's I just... How does he stand there at the sidelines and go, oh, it's all going to plan. It's all going to plan. This is exactly what I wanted. Or why is he not taking them away and saying, what the fuck were you lot doing? Or I don't know where the problem is. I think I said on Twitter, it's harsh to blame the players when there's something so fundamentally wrong with the manager and his tactics. Mm-hmm. The players are playing to a game plan that's been set out by the management team and the coaches. So it's hard to blame them. But I just don't know whether... I, I, I'm just speechless now, man. Gray? I think for me, the blame for me lies with Bruce. I think he is, in my opinion, too nice a bloke. I don't really see him going in at half time and shouting down the players, like giving them the, the good old Fergie hairdryer treatment or whatever it is. Yeah. I think he he's just too nice a bloke. And I actually think some of the players need that kick of the arse to actually say, right, playing Premier League football, one of the best leagues in the world, against some of the best players in the world, let's put a show in. A lot of these players, like, I think, some have just become a bit too complacent. And I think some of that might be down to the fact that there's no fans in the stadium. There's no one to to motivate them when times do get tough. But it's time that managers and the backroom staff need to step up. And also some of the blame could lie with the the captaincy and some of the senior leadership in the team. I think Lascelles is a great captain and I think he showed that in the season where he was struggling. And he came from the front when, when Rafa made him captain and that sort of thing. I think great decision, but I think maybe he's a player who may have become slightly complacent and isn't giving that drive, which he used to, and giving the players the amount of grief which we used to get. And I think yeah. something needs to happen. Something just give us some motivation to go out there and play the best football we can. Because at the minute we're playing shocking football. And I think the players are, serious, are definitely serious. vibing off that. They're like they're they're not bothered under Bruce. They don't like you say they 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 shouldn't really be getting motivated by Bruce. I think internally as a footballer, you should motivate yourself. But just to get that extra ten percent out of somebody, the manager needs to do something about it. And I just can't like you say can't see him winding the players up, getting drilled into them and, and really making them the better player that they can be. We've got good players. I don't think that's the problem. 
It just it's obviously the management and the style of play that we're playing doesn't suit the players. The players don't want to play it. They probably don't want to be there doing that. You know what I mean? Like it's I mean, so many deep rooted fundamental problems with the way we're set up and the way we're we're run at the minute. There's so many documentaries out there now of being inside football club. You've got all the, the all or nothings on Amazon. You've got the Spurs yeah. one, and I think that was really interesting because for me, Jose Mourinho strikes me as quite a, a calm character. Apart from obviously some of his expressions and things on the side of the pitch might go against us, but I yeah. didn't really see him as being that outspoken in the dressing room and that complimentary to his players. But he really is, and some of the team talks he gave before going out on the pitch were seriously motivational and I honestly I just can't see Bruce doing that in the cells I can see doing that but maybe Bruce is rubbing off on him I would love to be a fly on the wall in our changing room five minutes before those players go on before kickoff to see what is being said because I reckon they're all there swinging away on the Lucas A's yeah just having a casual chat saying oh yeah I'm going to score an own goal today (laughs) <laughs> uh, yeah just on the point that you made there the the thing that st- stands out of what Mourinho said said on one of the things was go out and be a bastard yeah be yeah. nasty be nasty like, yeah. be that guy they nice don't want to play yeah exactly which is what we need but Bruce isn't good enough to see and tell people that I don't think oh well my, uh, my blood pressure is Let's significantly end. heightened <laughs> yeah please so that's, I'm just going to pass out I've got a, a twitch in my eye dedicated to Steve Bruce but anyway let's bring a bit of fun back to the podcast Lake. Uh, I've got a round of well we called it who dares wins last time we're going to call it who dares wills from now on do you get it yeah. who dares wills <laughs> Get it? Yeah, you, pressed, okay, cool. you pressed the wrong button there, Will. I, I think you've got a new uh, sound <laughs> sample. Oh, well, this is more relating to your joke than the than my... Uh... <laughs> well done, great. <laughs> uh, anyway, for those of you that maybe haven't seen us or heard us do this before, Who Dares Wills, the premise is... So I've got a list of things. It could be players, I don't know, stadiums, famous supporters, whatever you like. Hodge and Gray then have to take it in turns with giving me a prediction of how many answers they're going to get. It's like a game of uh, bullshit, or they'll call each other out. So Hodge might say, I can get five. Gray might say, I can get six. Hodge might go nine. And then Gray will say, right, let's hear you then. I think we all understand the premise, don't we? Let's be realistic. Hodge is going to say, he'll get two. I'll say, I'll get three. He'll say four. I'll four of that. Uh, Let's be a bit ambitious, shall we? Um, Right. It should be no surprise to anyone. This is a Crystal Palace preview show. So my list this week is players that have played for both Newcastle United and Crystal Palace. Um, I've done a quick search, and I can find 13, but we know 13. that my uh, my my lists aren't necessarily the best, prone to missing a few. So if you do have a, a one that's on the list, then we can add it to it. But 13 that I've got in front of me. Who went first last time? I did. So great, did. you go first this time. How many do you think you can get? Players that have played for Newcastle United and Crystal Palace FC. Four. Four. Okay, he's put his marker. In his, <laughs> he's put his marker in the ground. Hodgie, more five. Stick or twist. Five. Okay, five. Gray. Should we just go through the motion? Shall we? Please don't. Please don't make him go on five because that'll be so anticlimactic. Yeah, I'll go six. Six. Fucking hell, man. Look, Hodge, back to you. Um. Away. One of you go for it. Let's see six. Six. Wow, you 
flipping bottlers. Right, okay. For this week's Who Dares Wills, Gray has been challenged to name six players that have played for both Newcastle United and Crystal Palace. Listeners at home, you'll have some some players in your mind, but it'd be great if you could give it a go as well. So, Gray, off you go. How many uh, lives do I get? Lives? You've but gone for I six say, out of 13. If I say, if I say, uh, say someone if wrong... I say, yeah, but, 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 but. Okay, uh, well, I'll start with Andros Townsend. Ba-ding! Uh, another yes. one uh, who is actually mentioned in a quiz we do later with Chris, uh, Patrick Bernard-Holt. Oh, you jammy bastard. Yeah, ba-ding! Correct. Oh, so you're a third one. of the way there because you're a butler. Uh, Johan Kibai. Ba-ding! Correct, halfway there. Um... There's some absolute jaffers on this list. I know one other, at least. Been at a lot of clubs. Um, Ooh. Dwight Gale. Is... Ooh, grey. That's correct, yeah. Correct. Yeah, so that's four out of six. Two more to get. Going through this a lot quicker than I thought we would have done because, yeah, as I say, you're both scaredy cats. Are we scaredy cats or do we just not know a lot about Crystal Palace players? Uh, Remember, um, they were also Newcastle United. <laughs> <That's true. laughs> uh, did Louis Saha? <laughs> oh no, Gray! You were challenged to hit six and you've fallen shy. Louis Saha was not a Crystal Palace player at any point in his career. Hodgy, you you get the points this week in Who Dares Wills, but would you both like to collectively go through the list of players that I've got on my... Uh... Have you got clues for them, like, so we can get them? Or... I can give you clues. I mean, we've only got four out of 13. <laughs> I, thought you, I didn't think you'd need more clues. So, so far, we've got Townsend, Gale, Kabai, and Van Arnholt. Mm-hmm. Any more off the top of your heads, or do you want me to just go straight in with clues? I've got another one, but I don't think you did. Uh, like, go on, like Stephen Ireland. Stephen Ireland, uh, not as far as I'm aware, no. I don't know why he was on my mind. Well, I know he played for Newcastle. Let's just double check. Did Stephen Ireland play for Crystal Palace? Negative, he did not. Hodge, you've been quiet. Any guesses for you? Nah, <laughs> not really. Okay, right. So let's start with the clues. One of these players is a third highest scoring Premier League striker of all time. Uh, Doing crap the day on quizzes, aren't we? Yeah, really bad. His brother plays Shola. for... Yeah, it is Shola, yeah. I was going to say his brother plays for Nottingham Forest. It is Shola Amigoli. Played for Palace. Mm. I did, yeah. Right, the next player on the list. Let's work it out. His nickname is One Size. Fits Hall. <laughs> One Size Fits Hall. Get in. Correct. A legend for both clubs, obviously. One of these players, we got him on loan from Queen's Park Rangers. And he then went on to play for Chelsea, which was a real uh, shame because we all loved him. Loic Remy. It is Loic Remy, Ooh, yes. Show. Well done. Uh, one of these players is now involved in the coaching side of Newcastle United, or is he a, he is a member of the coaching team at Newcastle United. He also shares a name with a famous haulier in Newcastle. See the same name on the side of lorries. What might you call a, a male sheep? Ram? Ramage. Okay, you hop. Hey, there we go. Peter yeah. Ramage. Peter Ramage. <laughs> Ramage. One of these players is a Finnish legend. He was famous for his celebration, where he just dive into the air and hit the ground. Oh, Shefty Kuchi. 
Chef de Cucci is correct, yes. I'm now running out of steam for clues. Like uh, One of these players was <laughs> instrumental in our championship season with Alan Pardew. He played on the wing. Also played for Swansea in his career. Oh, uh, Routledge. Correct. Wayne mm-hmm. Routledge is one, yeah. The others, I'm going to struggle for clues. Just right through him. Yeah, I mean, one was Andy Thorne. Uh, one was Jimmy Scott. I mean, there could be way more players that I'm just missing out. But the last one, maybe maybe you should have got. He played for Newcastle uh, under Bobby Robson. He also played for Ipswich. Kieran Dyer? No. He was a tricky player. Good feet. Can you name a brand of custard? (laughs) (laughs) No. (laughs) Don't know. Supermarket's own brand, you know. It's very good. (laughs) <laughs> I mean, on the custard vibes, this was also in Greek myth. This is the food oh, or drink God. of the Greek gods. Well, I was going for ambrosia. Oh, Darren Ambrose. God. Darren Ambrose, <laughs> there you go. And there's a nice little shout out for all you classics classics people out there. Uh, but there you go. That's the 13 I had on my list. Again, I'm sure there's plenty more and I'm sure we'll get messages afterwards saying, hey man, why have you forgotten about this one? Well, you shit. But there you go. Hodgie takes the points this week. Well done, Hodgie. Gray, you couldn't even get to five players, man. That's why I started with four. <laughs> yeah, <I would> <laughs> That's a like good three. point. That's a good point. Hodgie's a better poker player, obviously. Ambrosia, the cream of puddings. Um, Okay, well, that's the that's the first quiz of the podcast over and done with. It's now time for our opposition review with Back of the Nest podcast. Enjoy! Okie dokie, if you weren't already aware, our next opponents are Crystal Palace. We'll be playing Palace on Friday the 27th of November at 8 o'clock, showing on Amazon Prime. And we are absolutely thrilled to be joined by Chris Hamblin, or Hambo, from Back of the Nest podcast, Hello, Chris. Hello, indeed. You went with Hambo. I said, let's keep it nice and professional and formal, <laughs> but you just ignored my wishes. It's going to be like that, is it? Okay. okay. Yeah, it is. Yeah. yeah. Well, we've already touched on the north-south divide. I'm already a little <laughs> bit wary about having a, a southerner on the podcast, but that's absolutely fine. We'll get ourselves past that. That's okay. How are you doing anyway? Yeah, not too bad. Obviously, um, you know, like all of you guys, I'm sure struggling now and again in lockdown you know not that m- many people seem to be treating lockdown as actually a thing this time around but you know but it's you know it's difficult you know you, football is on but it's not the same when you're not there and you're not engaging with it i'm really missing Selhurst park and that sounds like a really odd thing to say to anybody who's not a palace <laughs> man um it's exactly the same for us i think for those of us that have gone to st james's park regularly i think it's it's a saturday ritual that a lot of people are missing, but just as well it's on television and and we can actually watch it somehow. Anyway, I think it would be good to get your thoughts on Palace's season so far. Obviously, we're outsiders looking in. We want to get your perspective on how you think the season's gone and uh, and how you're feeling ahead of the match. Yeah, sure. I'm I'm definitely interested in how you view it from the the outside in as well, because, Mm. um, you know, we're we're in a bit of a strange place as as a club at the moment where quite a substantial part of the fan base is become a little bit bored, a little bit fed up with, with Roy Hodgson's methods. But, you know, uh, uh, people will get that because obviously everyone remembers Roy as an England manager and, and all that kind of stuff. But, you know, we're we're doing really well. The start has been has been decent, picking up a good number of points. But, um, but yeah, we're just teetering that line between is, is this way we're playing the right way 
can you know we've he's admitted he's got the best squad he's ever had as palace manager so shouldn't we be expecting a bit more in terms of being a bit more adventurous and 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 really just not you know let's all kick it to wilf and hope he destroys somebody kind of thing you know <laughs> i was yeah. going to say what is your style of play at the minute because quite a lot of people are saying just to bring it back to Bruce, all these pundits who don't actually watch Newcastle play are saying that obviously Bruce is doing a very good job, blah, blah, blah. But when we watch it, all it is is lump forward and just get rid of any sort of danger and just let them it's try shit. and attack again. What does what does Roy Hodgson do that? Yeah, it's, it's a little bit it's a little bit different to that. But I think, you know, there's a lot in, in what your fan base says under under Bruce that, that we say under Hodgson. And it's that it's just not pretty. Our first thought when we go into a game tactically is how do we stop the opponents playing, you know? And that that really that's why we got some quite decent results against big teams, because that's okay. You know, that's they expect that. Their game's built around teams coming and stopping them playing. But, you know, we do the same thing against anybody. And we, you know, last season we got knocked out of the cup by uh, Colchester and by Derby. Um, you know, League Cup, Colchester, Derby in the FA Cup. And we treated them like Man City. And that's that's the Hodgson way. It's that consistency. Um, and every now and then he cuts loose a little bit. He takes a risk here and there. And, you know, and we see something like, I mean, the Leeds performance is an example of that. We were absolutely on the floor after playing so badly against Wolves. And then we we all expecting to lose to Leeds. And then we trot out a, a display like that and score four goals. So it... He basically, without make, wanting to make light of mental illness, he genuinely makes you bipolar. You have no idea what's going on, you know, one step, one one week to another. Well, it's really interesting to hear that because I think, well, there's definitely some similarities I think we can draw between yourselves and ourselves, but we don't really have the other side of that. So we just we just sit through 90 minutes of shit every single week, it seems now. <laughs> it's just really frustrating at the minute for us. But I think it's interesting to hear you say that the style of football is not necessarily where you want it to be, but the points are there on the board. One thing we consistently say is that the performances on the pitch do not tally up with the points on the board. A lot of people saying we should be happy with where we are. But as I say, when you have to sit through 90 minutes of terrible, terrible football, we don't feel like we should be where we are on the table. And it's just interesting to hear that you maybe think the same for, for you guys, if, if that's not putting words in your mouth. No, no, not at all. And and I think it's probably true of a lot of fan bases. But again, from the outside looking in at Newcastle, I think you made some tremendous signings in the summer. But, you know, again, I, I try and look at that squad and say as, as a neutral, there are areas where that squad should be should be better than it is. You know, I think at the back, you're OK, but there's not a lot of depth there. But beyond that, you know, it's, it's a team that should be playing better. But I think you're you're similar to us in that you're reliant on your, your better players, particularly when you look at St. Maximum, you know, a flair player. If he's playing well and if he's on his game, I think you know you're you're almost twice the team, and we're very similar with Zaha. And it's it's been a case of trying to get more people in like that, and we've started to do that with getting Eberet Chiesa in. He's a he's a very very talented young player. I, I remember Steve Bruce as a manager for Palace many many years ago, and he, he of course he's not a friend of ours for walking out on us to go to to Birmingham um, when he'd actually started really well, and he played such good attacking football at Palace. You know, he transformed us in a matter of a couple. So he of can months. do it. Holy shit! Absolutely, <laughs> he can. I don't believe it. I still don't believe it. But it's just what what is it that makes him do that at, at Newcastle? Is there you know is it for us? It's always been the problem with Hodgson is we feel that and he's and he's very much open about this that he doesn't trust people beyond his favourite players and, and particularly young players 
Uh, our chairman was in the press giving a lot of praise to, to Roy about being forward thinking around youth. But the two players he's brought through were, were down to injuries, you know, in, in Aaron Wan-Pasaka, who we sold on, and, and Tyreek Mitchell at left back uh, mm. over the last year. So, but other than that, Roy, you know, for example, in Project Restart, he said, oh, you know, well, I'm going to have to use loads of the young players because, you know, this schedule is going to be really tough. And then he played the same 11 until they broke. And it's just... You know that's that's Roy Hodgson, and I think perhaps that's where where Bruce might be to to give him potentially some some benefit of the doubt, where you know he's no. he hasn't got the trust beyond the first squad. No, <laughs> no, not at all. No, he's burnt. He's burnt I all tried. Alice Bridge. I know. I, yeah, I get it. I get it. And um, it's it's a super fair point, but I just think we've been so burnt over you know this season so far. We've tried to give him the benefit of the doubt, and he has popped up with the odd good result, and we do have points on the table, but it's just. A horrible, horrible, horrible display of football. I mean, Chelsea. Let's let's not kid ourselves. We weren't expecting any any huge result against Chelsea, but we're expecting us to go out and try. And I think we did for the first two minutes, and then that was it. We sat behind. We sat deep. We sat behind the ball, and, got, and that was us done. I got to tell you. I mean, you, you literally could be saying the same thing as me when we played Chelsea because we did exactly that. And again, you don't expect a tremendous amount. Although at the time we played them, they were quite fragile at the back. But we did not try at any point to attack them. And I, I, I get where you're coming from. When you see that, you just can't defend it. You can handle being beaten by a, a bigger club or or arguably a better club that spent more money and has better players than you. You can take that yeah. if you try. If you, if you just well, see what, uh... was our, what was our attempt to get points out of this game. Mm-hmm. That's the thing. You'd give him the benefit of the doubt if we hadn't done the exact same thing the week before against, or sorry, two weeks prior to, to Southampton and lost to the same result with the same style of football. Hodge, I think you've got a question. Um, yeah, I was kind of going to bring it back to the players there because you, you talked about Zahar and you've got that ease and I would say I is probably quite a decent player for you and Townsend. Looking forward to January, there's been some speculation that you're trying to sign that Diaz from Real Madrid. Is that mm. something that's going to be happening or is he a target player that you want? Is that how you're going to try to make that next step, trying to poach players from super clubs like Real? Yeah, I mean, we could, it, is a, it is a gap which we're on a bridge, but it's so, so difficult. We've got, you know, there's there's complexity around the investment and the ownership you know half the ownership wanting to kind of sell but not really finding a buyer and reluctantly having to to commit money to the squad um and we see how long that goes and we are also trying desperately to build towards bringing our own players through because south london's such a big catchment area for for top level players but basically yeah we i mean we have been desperate to get a, a striker in for a long long time um you know, I say a striker, someone who can play centrally but could also play in the wide positions and just genuinely be a, a proper threat, real class, real movement. And we've something that we don't have. We either have, I mean, Batshuayi's come in and on, on loan, and something we might turn permanent in the summer. But you know, really, he's a he's he's a kind of fox in the box type striker. You know, we do we need someone who can pretty much dominate a, a back line on his own. By just occupy them the whole game, and we've just not had that. Benteke's been misfiring for four seasons now. I'm be- I'm been, a more of a goal threat for a lot of years. <laughs> to be yeah, fair to him, yeah. <laughs> I just I don't know what's happened, but um, so the, yeah, that's certainly where we're going. Um, but the, the other side of that is we've got a lot of players who are you know in their thirties now. A lot of players who are in last years of contracts, so it's going to be a massive transition for us. And frankly, if, if we get it right, you know, we could we can take that next step. 
but I think it's just as likely we're gonna we're gonna miss out on a few targets and we could find ourselves in a bit of trouble. Yeah, well, it's really interesting to hear. It's I think I was listening to your most recent podcast. I think it might be in the Burnley preview, maybe, and you were talking about how Wilfred Zaha had been moved to a more central role. Mm. Do you think that is addressing? The problem that you kind of outlined with, you know, Benteke, Bashwai not really hitting the ground running. Is that a, you know, more long term solution or is that plugging the gap until you can get someone in to do that job? Well, I think for, first of all, you know, it's, it's on record that Will desperately wants to leave Palace. You know, he's not, he's not down tools or anything like that, but he, you know, he's just turned 28. You know, he's, he's got to, he's got Has to he? get out. Yeah, it's Didn't unbelievable. he was that old. Unbelievable how quick it's gone. You know, I remember him as a making his debut as a sixteen-year-old. Um, yeah, Been around like a, a long time, hasn't he? Yeah, and just you know, frankly, the best player I've ever seen in a Palace shirt. You know, one of those where if you watch him every week, you know, you know a lot more about how good he is than than the people who sit watching match of the day calling him a diver. You know, but um, <laughs> <laughs> but but you know, it oh, I, I, it's a tough one to to answer really. But yes, him playing centrally. I suppose it's where we've always seen the best of him. You know, he, he started off as a central striker, but I mean, I can remember a, a player of the year awards dinner, um, having a chat with him when he was, I think he must've been about 17 at the time. And he was saying uh, we had Adam Lee up top at, at the time. And he said like perfect position for him was playing off somebody like that. Somebody where he can just buzz in and around, drop deep, come and collect the ball, run at players from deep, but mainly, you know, pick up the scraps of somebody who's, who's a bit of a battering ram. And he's probably had about 10 games in total in his whole career when he's been able to do that. And he's always looked brilliant when he does. So him playing centrally gets him a little bit closer to that, I would say. I know you guys have got Burnley. So at the time of recording, you are still yet to play Burnley. Mm. Providing you can keep all your players fit and there's no suspensions, there's no injuries, touch wood for you and all that noise, yeah. Outside of Zaha, Eze, maybe, Bachwai, is there anyone we should be looking out for? Is it, you know, what formation are you guys likely to play? Who's going to be the danger men? What's going to be the real danger for Newcastle United in that match? So, I mean, we'll definitely be employing the 4 4 we've employed all season. Yeah. And, and the interest, the slight difference with that, it's not kind, it's not really an orthodox 4 4 when, when we're in possession, it really is. But you'll see whoever's playing left side, whether it's Eze or Jeff Schlupp, will tend to exchange positions with Zaha during the course of the game, which is a probably only creative flair that I've ever seen Roy Hodgson try. But he, do, he does like it. But but beyond that, I think Andros has had a, a really interesting start to the season. He's a player you know well, and he had a really, really poor campaign last year by his own standards and was very honest about it. He's started this season and he looks you know half a, half a yard quicker. As, as I think he started with a with a goal and two assists in the first three games, something like that, and mm. you know was was starting to look back to his best. Faded a little, but but you know he's he's under a bit of pressure to stay in the side now. I mean, Eze can come in and play that side, you know, and I dare well there there are a couple of young players in, waiting in the wings who might might want to chance that side as well. A lad called Scott Banks, who's um recently up training with the first team, but who? you know. Yeah, you won't have heard of him yet. <laughs> and he's Scottish, and, and yeah. But but give it give it three seasons, and Roy might try and watch this space. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but um, no, but in all honesty, I think there's not too much to look for other than that. I mean, Jordan Ayew was great last year. Started this season really badly, but after a little spell out with um coronavirus self isolating, was pretty good last week. So he could be a real danger on his day. He doesn't score a tremendous amount of goals, but he will just work your back line all day. And that's why he gets in over Batshuayi more often than not, because he will just pull defenders all exactly. Pull Dick off mm. like if you remember him. Yep. <laughs> 
Well, it's not you said pull pull dick off there. I mean, I did <laughs> say that. I did pull say that. Off. Okay, yeah. Part okay, of the fine. reason, part of the reason I went with that analogy was my own personal amusement. But, <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, what are you like, Chris? What are you like, Roger, I think uh, I think you had a, a quick one before we move on to the to Gray's quiz. Yeah, it was just on the flip side of that. Who do you see as being kind? Of, I know you picked up on like ASM and people like that before. Who do you, who do you see as being a real big problem for for you guys? Well, I'm a, I'm a big fan of, of Callum Wilson. I mean, I don't know if he, I'm assuming he'll be fit um, for the Palace game. So. Yeah, we all hope so. Yeah, I mean, he's he's a player, um, one of our ex-players, Andy Gray. I don't know if you remember him. Um, mm-hmm. he, um, I mean, years ago, my, I used to have a, my show used to be called something different. It was called Homesdale Radio, and we had a call in, and he just rang in regularly. Um, oh, to, nice. talk about, to talk about how great he is. I mean, he's a, he's a hell of a character. He really is. Let's just call him that. <laughs> yeah, and there's some stories around that that I, I was about to go into, but I won't. But anyway, he's he's he was um, he's a bit of a talent spotter basically, and he rang up one week to basically complain that the club were ignoring him because he'd found this player, um, you know, playing at Coventry, and he was recommending him to the club, and the club were just telling him he's you know the stats aren't right. We're not going to get him, and it was Callum Wilson. And I, because I'd I'd been told that story, I, I kept an eye on him over the years, and it's, it took probably a little bit longer, and only a couple of, couple of bad injuries as well. But he's you know as an all round striker, he's superb. And I just think you know he's direct, and the movement that he's got it will trouble us. We're not the best at dealing with players that play in the gaps because we're such a rigid team. So I have a little bit of a concern there. Um, I don't know if Fraser's fit, but obviously we were very much close to signing him before you nipped in. So he would almost certainly do that thing where if we miss out on a player they then score against us so that's also on the cards you'd be lucky because yeah. he's not really seen much first team action at the minute I don't know if Bruce doesn't really get get his, get his style allergic it, to playing him yeah I think so it's an interesting one but like like you say about Callum Wilson like we we like him for his kind of directness he works tirelessly for the whole 90 minutes he gives you absolutely everything which is what we like to see in players he uh he actually declared himself fit for the Chelsea game he wanted to play but Bruce he didn't want to risk him or you know put him out for for longer which you kind of understand but it just shows great determination and great uh hunger from Wilson to get back on the pitch and hopefully get get scoring again so hopefully we'll see him see him on Friday Gray would you like to uh take us into this week's this week's rendition of Gray's Greatest <laughs> Uh, of course, I don't know why you're laughing, because uh, <laughs> I know I know the uh, he wants I know to the, play the, the theme. Yeah, the jingle's oh, coming, Chris. You'll have to bear with us. We've I've done a jingle for for Gray's section, which is called Gray's Greatest. So uh, here you go. Love it. Grays. <laughs> <laughs> oh, still uh, gets us. Oh. Anyway, great. Take it away. Cheers, well. So yeah, you got five clues to guess who he is, and if you could just yeah, just let me know your answer. Hard you will, or text it Message to me. Well. Yeah, if you just drop it in the chat, and yeah, we'll go from there. If you get it right, I'll keep it quiet. So listeners, a chance to get it. And I would be really surprised if this takes you more than two clues to get. Well, don't don't put no that pressure because <laughs> now, yeah. now that's in my head and, 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 and it'll be fine it'll be fine it'll be fine stage fright uh, yeah, stage fright let's get it right how are so, you then Gray so here we go I averaged a goal every two games for Crystal Palace finishing up with 85 goals ooh okay not a Scooby and uh, Chris has smashed it straight away so no, <laughs> oh, no way <laughs> I said you would I said you would I've sent you my answer. Uh, oh god, this is too easy. Girls also got it. Oh yes! <laughs> <laughs> oh, yes! No. no pressure, Hodge. How many games? How many goals? 85. 
five goals. Chris, virtual high five on that one. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I can't believe it. I'm devastated. No, no. Oh, it's... yes. I spent a whole ten minutes. Yeah, it's going to take me all five and I'm not going to get this. All right, I'll move on oh, then. Are you going to have to move on? Yeah, yeah right. I'll, I'll move on. So, despite Palace being relegated, I ended up as the highest scoring English player and second overall in the 2005-2006 Premier League season with 21 goals. Oh, he's flapping. You can, you can tell he's flapping. Chris, we've probably got some time to go and get ourselves another beer or something, I think. Yeah, I'm just I'm a bit chilled out. Um, <laughs> Twitter my thumbs. Uh... Any idea, Hodge? Next. <laughs> uh, I scored back-to-back hat-tricks for Palace in the 2002-2003 season. I'm just waiting for Chris to pull me up on one of my facts here and tell me I'm chatting shit. <laughs> I'm genuinely trying to picture that. <laughs> Long time ago now. That's nearly 20 years ago, man. I'm going to guess someone, but I don't even think he played for Palace. No, I'm not even going to guess oh, it, Matt, because I know he's <laughs> oh, Well, tell us who you were going to guess. Darren Bent. No. Oh. <laughs> oh. Nearly played for Palace once. <laughs> <Ten years. laughs> so what you got? Right, right great. So, come on. Before joining Palace, I missed a deciding penalty for Birmingham City in the 2001 League Cup final against Liverpool. <laughs> I mean, I, I, I got it as soon as the goals, the number of goals was said. Because I just know that. Um, yeah, I, th- I thought, uh, not, not I thought sure. that might be a big giveaway. I know what I want your last clue to be, Grey, but I doubt it will be that. Uh, I hope it is as well. It's, it's, it's quite a good fact. I've said you my answer. Uh, it's not Tanza. Oh. So, last clue. Hodgie, you've had a stinker. <laughs> I pressured Sven Goran Eriksson into picking me for England by threatening to accept <laughs> a call up to the Polish national side. <laughs> <laughs> Can confirm, Chris? Yeah, well, I think that's that's quite a harsh way of looking at it, but it did happen. <laughs> uh, and Sven rewarded him by playing him on the right wing. Hodge, what are you saying? Mm. Oh, he's not happy. Was that was that the clue you hoped for, Will? No, it wasn't. Mine's a bit more uh, straight to the point. I mean, Hodge, he, he wears a magic hat. That won't help you unless you know Palace. <laughs> so he does, but and, and when he sees the bright, no, when he no, when he plays the bright, and he scores all all, all fucking night. That's well, also... Chris, that's going to put Hodgie off because we've got Matt Ritchie who wears a magic hat. He could have signed for West Ham, but he said no. Fuck that. Right. Right. Well, this guy clearly wore the hat before him. <laughs> well, he, well, he needed retired. to wear a hat. He needed to wear a hat because he has knee fucking hair. <laughs> <laughs> um, I've got another clue for you. We actually re-signed this player alongside Kevin Doyle when we were desperate for strikers. Uh, and he, he played a total of one reserve game for Palace, scoring against Coventry City's reserve side. Should, should we put Hodge out of his misery? Do you give up, Hodge? Mate, it couldn't live if you give me, like, 20 clues. Can I have this, like, ah... Uh, oh, his name? Is it Andrew Johnson, by any chance? Yes. <laughs> Finally! There you go. Remember well, him breaking his leg at Fulham on on TV and you could hear his screams man fuck that was horrible oh yeah I remember that actually does that mean Hodgie gets one no point. points or one point one point uh, I think it's no points I was going to say if he's had points in previous weeks you've got to take some of those away <laughs> yeah, that's true yeah it might be a three match ban for Hodge. never lay this game anyway <laughs> <laughs> uh, right should we whiz straight on to the Newcastle player Chris uh, I don't know if you fancy your chances but we'll uh, we'll reverse it we'll flip it up and we'll do a Newcastle player now Give it a go. Be embarrassing if I beat Hodge, wouldn't it? Well, 
I think on a yes. current form, uh, you're definitely favourite to do that. So, uh, <laughs> Not heard uh, much from Hodge in the last five minutes. I signed for Newcastle for 1.5 million after a loan spell at our greatest rivals, Sunderland. Ooh. There's a few players oh. who've had loan spells at Sunderland, so this could be a tough one. Oh, no again, he was at loan. He was a loan spell at Sunderland. So yeah, he was on loan at Sunderland, and then signed for Newcastle for 1.5 million this season. After Will's got it the wrong way round. He, oh, uh, he was on, he was on loan at us before signing for Sunderland. Oh yeah, shit! Oh nightmare. Mm. Have, I, have I even got his name right? I can't remember. Uh, no, you're, you're, you're wrong as well, sorry. <laughs> How dare you? So, so yeah, well, Chris yeah. is a guest. <laughs> <He's>, uh, <laughs> change the question immediately. <laughs> Hi, she's still waiting for you, but uh, we'll put Patrick Van Arnholt. It's not him. He he played Probably for right. us on loan before signing for Sunderland, and oh. Chris went for Jack Collins. Is that mine? Did, did I mean him? I don't think he ever played for Newcastle. Is he the one who was at West Ham? I'm thinking of someone different than mine. Yeah. Is he a Jim I'm sure he was. Yeah, again, I think he played. He definitely played for Sunderland and Newcastle, but it's not Titus Bramble. Oh, good mm. guess. No, good guess. Oh, right. so I get the I get the Palace one on the first go. Okay, fine. Carry on, Gray. In the 95-96 season, I was part of two teams who both won their respective leagues. Oh, you fucker! Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Hmm. I think this is quite a good fact as well. I don't think many players have played the two teams in the same season who have both went on to win their respective leagues. What year was it again, sorry? 95-96. Oh, I think we're going to have a good guess here. Oh, I'm struggling, you know. Um... Nope. Oh, Unlucky Hodge. God! So he was on loan at, uh, he was on loan at the Mackhams and then joined us permanently for 1.5 mil. Hey, come on, Will. Fucking hell. I forgot to write it down, but I'm pretty sure Sunderland was one of these teams which he won the, their respective league with. I can give you the other one as well, if you'd like. It was Swindon. I mean, that just hasn't helped me at all. <laughs> yeah, neither. I'm just sending you a... I'm just sending you uh, a... So Will and Hodge have both gone for the same player. And it's Ooh. Oh, really? Interesting, yeah. So, yeah, it's not Lee Clark. It was later in his days, I think, and he was. I think he joined the Mackhams on on a permanent, and then came back. Yeah. But I'll, I have nothing uh, else. I'll keep moving. While at Newcastle, I was named in the Premier League team of the season for 2001, 2002, and the 2005, 2006 seasons. Oh my god! Okay, so he was there a while. Hmm. He was here a long time. Say it again. While at Newcastle. I was named in the Premier League team of the season for 2001-2002 and 2005-2006 season. I left Newcastle in 2009 for a club which I won the FA Cup and qualified for the Champions League at first time of asking to the first season of that club. It was also the club's first time they'd ever qualified for the Champions League. I feel a bit bad for Chris. Even we're fucked on this one. I'm, I'm gonna claim because we've got all the Newcastle ones dead easy. Let's go, Levis. If you think about it, as, as a Palace fan, I didn't really have much to do with the Premier League for some large portion of that period. So that's why I'm that's why I'm claiming. Which Newcastle player would have made a Premier League team of the season in 01? God, man! Team of the season in 01. Yeah. 
and he was on loan at Sunderland and then went to Newcastle. Well, it's the 2001-2002 season. Was he playing for either Newcastle or Sunderland in that 01-02? Playing for Newcastle. He joined Newcastle in 96. But I think this one... And left in 2009? Yeah. Which should be a a giveaway, especially for for Wallen Hodge. My guest. Jesus Christy, my God. (laughs) Uh, No, Hodge. No, I didn't think it would be. No. Oh, just so you know, I'm pressing my thumbs into my eyes. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right, last clue. Uh, I just went for Harper, Steve Harper. It's not him. So I'm third on the list for most appearances for Newcastle United behind Jimmy Lawrence and Frank Hudspeth, and it's 462 appearances this player has. Good luck, Chris. <laughs> no way. <laughs> no way, Nat. Nah. It can't be. It can't be. He played for the Mackhams. Yep. <laughs> Honestly, I thought that one on, on like guess two, and I was like, it can't be. It cannot be. But it, oh my word. Yeah, he was, yeah, uh, he was I'm, uh, I'm there. Yeah, I'm really, I'm really fucking annoyed about that one. Yeah. I'm still. <laughs> you both got it. Yeah, I'm right, really wound well, up. I'm, uh, I'm abstaining. That's so annoying. <laughs> so annoying protest, I, didn't get I know it. I mean, I know it, but I'm just not going to tell you. <laughs> is that what it is? Yeah. Well, he is a legend of a club and one of my favourite players growing up. It's uh, Shay Given. I'm so ah! annoyed because he went to City <laughs> and I saw him off. at the golf club before he went to City. Shook his hand and wished him good luck. And he was a fucking Macam at one point. God <laughs> damn it. <laughs> Hodge, I don't know why you didn't use that. Was my hands clue. burning. I shook his hand at a golf club once. On fire. That's, uh, that's what have been the giveaway. Loads of master hey. for golf clubs. <laughs> anyway, well, thanks very much for that, Gray. That was good. I mean, I was much better at the Palace one than I was at the Newcastle one, but that's fine. Call yourself a Newcastle Maybe. fan, eh? I know, that's that's actually shocking in hindsight. That's absolutely shocking. Chris, I realise I've taken up quite a lot of your time, so we would like to let you go and enjoy your Sunday evening. But before you go, we would love to hear your predictions for the match on Friday. How do you think it's going to go? I got. I mean, I wouldn't I wouldn't be doing the right thing if I didn't predict a Palace win. Um, but that, just so you're aware, before I do so, it will almost certainly guarantee you three points. So uh, I'm going to go with Palace to win by a single goal to nil in what will be a terrible, terrible game of football. <laughs> I think we can definitely agree on the terrible game of football. One nil. Okay, uh, Gray, what do you reckon? Well, I just had a look at our past seven fixtures against Crystal Palace and there's been a total of seven goals in all those games. <laughs> so I think it's going to be a high-scoring affair and I think yeah, Newcastle will win one nil. I'm going 2-2. Optimism Ooh. from me for once. Lots of goals. That's Yeah, that is optimistic for Hodge. Uh, I'm going to round it off. I really struggle to predict anything other than a win for Newcastle or a negative negative result, even though I went 3-1 Chelsea. So I'm going to go for 2-1 to Newcastle United. We can cross our fingers. We can pray to whoever we want to pray to. Come on, however, lads. Uh, Chris, it's been an absolute pleasure talking to you. Thanks so much for joining us, for giving up some time on your Sunday evening. Would you like to just quickly plug your podcast before you go? Yeah, I guess I better do that. Um, yeah, so uh, <laughs> my podcast called Back of the Nest, and uh, we have um, all the usual social media accounts and also a YouTube channel where I'm forced to go on camera Ooh. against my will. So, um, <laughs> but yeah, yeah, and uh, that definitely isn't the reason that I've lost three stone in two months, but it might have <laughs> contributed to it. Um 
but yeah it's um yeah check us out obviously we are clearly palace focused but um we've got lots of neutral fans who listen in as well and loads of people join us for our match day watch alongs as well so if you guys are bored and can't handle the commentary you're watching on amazon <laughs> stick it on mute join us on youtube and give us all the abuse you like in the comments section oh well consider that an invite that we will be taking up yes as i said thank you very very much good luck with the podcast and everything that's going on but i do not wish you luck for friday you can go and get fucked uh, <laughs> and on on that note yes thank you very much and uh i guess we'll we'll speak to you hopefully at some point in the future cheers i nice so thanks chris Okay then, well thanks again to Chris for joining us, or Hambo, whatever you prefer. I thought your insight was really interesting and we look forward to, well, I was going to say we look forward to the competition on Friday. However, we do not, but we can hope and we can pray for a good result. Hoji, I believe you had something lined up. Yeah, I've got a bit of a, a bit of a history section, I suppose, that we can put in. I'll history? Try and... Yeah, a bit. Nerd. No, going back uh, to school, aren't we? Just uh, <laughs> on like opposition that we're coming up against. I like a bit of facts, learning about something. So I thought I'd, I'd do it. And it kind of ties in a little bit with a couple of quiz questions, if you fancy. Yeah, um, nice so uh, Palace, what are going to call it? Hodge's history, I don't know. It's like horrible history. Horrible history. Yeah, horrible. Okay, right. Yeah, horrible history. history. There's something there. There's something there. There's something we'll <laughs> Yeah, leave it with me. Leave it with me. Uh, go on, Hodge. Palace were formed in 1861, which would make them the oldest pro club, but they actually didn't turn pro until 1905. So, boo for them. They originally played at the grounds of the Crystal Palace Exhibition Building, but they moved to Sellhurst Park in 1924. They've actually spent the majority of their pro season in the top two divisions of football as well. So, they're a bit kind of like an Everton although Everton only been relegated twice. Their original kit colours were blue and white hoops. And then when they turned pro in 1905, they turned to Villa, who were the biggest club at the time, asking for kits and help, which Villa supplied them with. Um, so then they became claret and blue from, from basically then on in. Until the, 60s, yeah, that's cool. until the 60s. Until the 60s where they were like, oh, Real Madrid are doing really well. We're playing all white now. <laughs> and then that oh, lasted, seriously? Yeah, and then that lasted until the 70s until a bit of an old-fashioned manager came in and went, nah, we're going to go back to claret and blue. To keep, continue their theme of nicking stuff from other clubs, they stole <laughs> their badge emblem from Benfica and called themselves the Eagles. Yep. <laughs> Cheeky fuckers. Well, South London, what can you expect? So Just leading off stuff. on that, Straight into the quiz, question one. Crystal Palace are nicknamed the Eagles, but which national team have the nickname the Super Eagles? Ooh, I think I know this one. The Super Eagles. Should we send you our guesses? You can, yeah. I've got one. They've had six World Cup appearances since 94, if that's a hint. Wow. I think, I'm hoping, just based on their flag, that it's this one. Will, you are incorrect. It is not Albania. Nightmare. I was so confident as well. Incorrect too... again, Will. <laughs> ah, flip off. Uh, is, is it someone like these? I can't spell them. No. Nope. You're in the wrong continent. Right. Both you have years. to uh, put us out of misery. Nigeria. Nigeria. Oh, yeah. The yeah. They are well known to be. Yeah. Nice. God okay. Damn it. Right, God question, damn. question two. Ex-Newcastle United player Johan Kabayo is brought to Newcastle from which club? Bonus point. Where is he now? He came to Newcastle from... Lille in France, didn't he? He did. He came from Lille. Sick. Where's he gone? Well, he went to PSG, then back to Palace. Mm. Oh, I've got no... Oh, is he somewhere else in France? Yes, he is. Is he at Saint-Étienne? He is. Is he? Oh, yes. Smash that out there, oh, Will. Sorry, sure. no, I, I, I didn't know that. Have you learned that from I was your talking about new this. download of Football Manager? 
<laughs> yeah, I have actually. Yeah, I've been. Uh, I think I've racked up about forty hours so far on Footy Manager. Well, what else can you do in lockdown? No, I think I was talking about Kabai the other day with my housemate, and it got me. Uh, yeah, got me curious. Well done. Question three: Crystal Palace, like most clubs, have a rival club. Their derby is known as the A twenty five derby, but who is it with? Ooh, so I've been reading a book called "Who Are You" by Kevin Day who is a comedian and he used to be the guy on match of the day two. I think that went round to all the clubs speaking to fans and things and finding little interesting stories, but he's a palace fan. And I think they consider their biggest rivalry to be Brighton. Yeah. But I'm, is. is it? Yeah. But there's a bit of a bonus. There are other clubs in South London that they could derby with. Who are they? South London. Is Charlton in South London? Tick. Is are there multiple answers? Yep, there's three. So Charlton, Leighton Orient? No. Ah, fuck. South London. You're really close to one where you live, Will. Millwall. Yeah, Millwall. Millwall. We are Millwall. And one uh, okay, Millwall. They split. Millwall, Charlton, and to form another club. Oh, Wimbledon. Yep. They're the, th- they're the three Wimbledon. other clubs that they could technically be paired with a dog. Really? Yep. Wimbledon's like the other side of... Well, mm. yeah. There you go. That's interesting. Question four. Roy Hodgson is the current first team manager, but what year was he appointed England manager? Oh, I'm terrible with dates, me. I think Gray will have to help out if he's actually still there. He's, uh, he's manager for the Euros, Shocker, wasn't he? Mm. So when was that? It was 2000, there for four um, years. So that was 2016, so it would be 2012. Ding! Oh, fucking smashed it, Greg. Well worked out. Credit, well man. 2012, you started. Well, yeah, because you sacked after the Euros, wasn't it? Hodgie said, Candy said four years. So it, it, <laughs> it's 2012. <laughs> okay. I'm terrible with dates, man. Honestly, it all just bullers. And the last nice. question, I mean, a bit of a stab in the dog fears, but why not put it in? We have only faced Palace over the years 47 times, which isn't that many. But how many games have there been where NUFC have failed to score a goal? Oh, I actually had a look at that and I saw that we'd won 27 out of those those games, which is not a bad really? record. Yeah. Mad. How many have we failed to score in? I'm just going to go ahead and say 13. 13, great. I was going to go for a few more because there's been so many like one nils and things like that, just looking at previous games. Yeah, probably go 20. Nine. Nine. Five have been nil-nil draws as well. So we've got a wow. record of one twenty-seven, drawn nine, lost eleven, which is a good little record, isn't it? I think we'll be adding to that goalless that goalless tally again on Friday, I reckon. <laughs> well, like I mentioned at the end of the chat with Chris, the last seven matches we've played against Crystal Palace, they've either ended up in one nil wins for either side. There's been a one-one draw and a nil-nil draw. I think it sets us up for an exciting game, doesn't it? Yeah, yeah. Well, I can't. I don't think we're expecting very much. But there you go. Thanks very much, Hodge. You've not done your jingle, so do you want to see us out with your jingle for once? Nah. <laughs> okay. Uh, but thanks, Hodge. That was really interesting. Yeah, no um, look forward to it in the next podcast lag. I think that just about rounds it up for this podcast episode. This is our Crystal Palace preview show, if you don't know already. You can find our podcast on Twitter by searching for Tott Podcast. You can also find us on Facebook by searching for Talk of the Tune Podcast. You can email us info at tottpodcast.co.uk. Uh, I think that's all the plugs, isn't it, really? Currently, we're having a giveaway on our Twitter, so go we check that out. We are having a giveaway. Some lovely NUFC coasters to rest your NUFC mugs on from Halley Designs, a great little company based up in the Northeast. So yeah, get yourself on there. Give us a follow. Give us a retweet. 
and tag a friend and you could be in with a chance to win the coasters. Coasters don't sound the most exciting of giveaways, do they? But they actually look really good. And they're yeah, they look like coffee tables in your home office, anything like that. They look great. Yeah, they look great. Other than that, you can find our podcast on Spotify, iTunes, Acast, all your usual podcasting platforms. That's the word I'm looking for. And I think that just about rounded up for all the pluggy bits. Probably should do these at the beginning, shouldn't we? No one's actually listening now. <laughs> well, it's been... this far, if you're honest. I know. Yeah, congratulations. Thanks so much. It's only my really my mum that ever gets this. And I'm lying. My mum doesn't listen to this. <laughs> uh, anyway, it's been a pleasure as always. We will see you in the next one. Bye. See you later. Bye. Oh, me lads, you should have seen us coming. Passing the books along the road. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with Free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. As football fans, we often pride ourselves on knowing everything, from which substitution can turn the game around to the quickest route home to beat the crowds. However, when it comes to discussing feelings with our friends, we might not always feel as confident. That's why we're here to equip you with the right tools so you can reach out to those who can help. If your mates are struggling, let them know that the Samaritans are free to call on 116123. That's 116123. They are there to listen without judgment or pressure, 24-7, 365 days of the year. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com.